You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Ben is hyped up. We're all hyped up. We're back and it's a good week. There we go. We're skipping rate that today just because we got some services in here tonight and I got to get this thing done before uh, they got to get in here for practice. Um, So yeah, Um, do me a favor. We're going to do come back to rate that next week, but Ben and I are trying to decide what we should rate next. I know that the comments are not a very active place um, for our uncanceled viewers. I I assume that many of our viewers, uh, which I've been told they listen, uh, they listen while they're doing something else or whatever, and they're not really like watching and like writing stuff or whatever. And that's fine. I would do the same thing when I was watching something or like a podcast or whatever. But if you can take a second, and stop the video and comment what you think we should rate next. It, I'd really appreciate it. I'd also really appreciate if you just hit me with a couple sneaky comments just um, every now and again. It'd just be fun. It's good. It's good for the podcast. It's good for our, our YouTube channel and stuff. And like, uh, you know, honestly, I'll be honest with you. We, we do get some negative comments that I have to delete sometimes. Uh, but let's get some positivity in the comment feed. All right. Thank you. Um, Nothing about dirty needles or anything like that. Um, anyway, today I want to talk to you about oil. You want to hit me with a little zoom, Ben? Thanks, I appreciate it. Are we in? There we go. Oil, like anointing oil. Thank you, man. We'll put it right there. Anointing oil, anointing oil. A lot of people don't know what anointing oil really like is and represents because many times something that I've noticed in church is there's a lot of traditions that we do that we don't explain the origin of. And I'm not talking about church tradition. Uh, I'm going to get on this for a second. Any church tradition that is not founded in the word of God, that is not founded in the word of God, that the word of God does not uh, teach us about, that the word of God, um, you know, just like the word of God even says the opposite of, church tradition doesn't matter if the word of God does not teach it. People act like church tradition is like this, like super important. Well, the, the church in 300 AD, this is what they did. I don't care. I don't care. That's nice. Church tradition, I understand that there can be important elements of church tradition and how the early church did certain things. But the only early church that I care about that I that I will do whatever they did is the church in the book of Acts. That is the original early church. That is it. If the book of Acts did it and the book of Acts says it, then guess what? I'm in and that's what I want to do. And so a lot of church traditions, things that we do in church, they actually are founded in the Bible, but we don't take time to explain them. The anointing oil is something that has not always been explained. Um, So what does oil represent? What does oil represent? Ultimately, oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit. 
It's a representation of the Holy Spirit. Now, understand that we're not saying that the Holy Spirit is the oil. Like when we pour the oil on somebody, that it is literally the oil is the Holy Spirit. It is symbolic and represented or representative of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and it's the Holy Spirit coming upon a person to do a work. So basically when someone is anointed with oil, it is symbolic of the Holy Spirit coming upon that person to do a work. Um, uh, it, it's not just figurative, though. It's not just like, I don't want you to be mistaken that it's just figurative of uh, of yeah, like, you know, we're saying the Holy Spirit is coming upon a person. While the oil is a symbolism, it is symbolizing what is actually happening. It is symbolizing what is actually happening. As you anoint someone with oil, the Holy Spirit really does come upon the individual to help them accomplish the work that is being tasked for them to do. Um, an example of this is, uh, and I'm going to read it to you from the Bible in a second. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, is where I'll start. And then I'm also going to go to Acts 10, 38. But an example of this is last night. Last night at youth group, it was a, it's Thursday right now at the time of the recording. Last night at youth group, we anointed two of our youth leaders, uh, our newest youth leaders with oil. Something that we do is we wait a period of time uh, that somebody is a trainee in our youth ministry. We don't just uh, immediately make people youth leaders that want to be youth leaders. We have them go through a process of getting trained up and being faithful because the Bible says don't lay hands on a man quickly. And so we don't install people into leadership quickly. We allow uh, their character to show over time. We allow them to prove their faithfulness and then we lay hands on them as well. And one of the reasons the Bible says not to lay hands on someone quickly is that they actually may become prideful and it, and it might lead to their downfall. But when we do eventually lay hands on leaders, we anoint them with oil. Why are we anointing them with oil? We anoint them with oil because it is symbolic of the Holy Spirit coming upon them to help them fulfill the work that God has called them to do, which is to be a leader in this youth ministry and to lead students. But here's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. It says, So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. What happened? God told Samuel to go to the house of Jesse and to anoint someone to be the next king of Israel. So this person that he was going to anoint, he was going to pour oil upon them uh, to show that the Holy Spirit was coming upon them to be the next king of Israel. And what happens? He picks David. If you don't know who David is, David was a king in the Bible known as a man after God's own heart. And David, he was anointed to be the king of Israel. What happened was um, Samuel, this prophet, shows up at Jesse's house and he starts pointing at all the different people. He points at the um, he points at the oldest son. Oh, it's probably him because he's the oldest, or it's probably him because you know he looks really good on the outside. You know he looks like a really strong, strapping guy. You know he's probably the next king that God wants. And God keeps and he would what he would do is Samuel would actually take the anointing oil, this oil, 
and it was in like a ram's horn. And he would go to pour the oil out on these different uh, sons of Jesse and the oil wouldn't flow. The oil literally would not even pour because it was not the person that God had wanted to be the next king of Israel. And what this actually goes to show us is that the reason the anointing oil did not flow is because anointing oil is more than just a random thing that Christians do. The anointing oil is the marking of somebody with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit coming upon them to accomplish a purpose, to accomplish a work. The oil would not flow because they were not the person that God had uh, that God had destined or that God had um, that God had uh, called to lead the nation of Israel. And so what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16:7, six verses earlier, God says to Samuel this. But the Lord said to Samuel, "Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him." The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God was not interested in anointing the other sons of Jesse. He was interested in anointing David because he knew that David was a man after the heart, uh, after his own heart. God cares about the heart. Something that I, that's been a theme in this church lately is God caring about the heart. God is very interested in the human heart because it, the Bible says that uh Guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows the issues of life. So what does that mean? Everything that I do comes out of my heart. Everything that I do comes out of my heart. Everything that anyone does comes from the heart. It flows out of the heart. So if your heart is fully committed to the Lord, then everything that we do will flow out of that fully committed heart to God. So God was interested in the heart. David's was a man after God's own heart. So what happened? Finally, Samuel finds David. He goes to Jesse, hey Jesse, are there any other sons that you have? And he goes, yeah, I got this other son, but he's in the field uh, taking care of the sheep. In other words, Jesse said, yeah, I got another son, but he's really not that important. He's like out, he takes care of the sheep. He's, he's not really that big of a deal, but guess what? It's those types of people that God looks to use people that the world may look upon and say, this person is not qualified to do X, Y, and Z. God looks on those types of people and he pours his anointing oil upon them. So what happened? Exactly what I just said. Samuel took the flask of olive oil. He had brought and anointed David with the oil. So, okay, he anointed David with the oil. Well, did, was it just like symbolic and nothing really happened? Was it just like a weird thing or whatever where like he just like poured olive oil on him and like everybody just like, you know, cried or whatever and nothing really was actually happening? No, the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. The anointing oil should be viewed as the recognition, as the recognition of the Holy Spirit coming upon a person to do a work. So what will happen is I'll be right here standing on stage and I'll just be ministering. And all of a sudden, I've had this happen a couple times. I had this happen one time when I was preaching at our Wolka campus to the youth there. And I was preaching. And all of a sudden, I felt the clear prompting of the Lord to take a, uh, to take a jar of anointing oil and pour it upon a student that was called into the ministry. Why? 
because I could see the Holy Spirit coming upon him, anointing him to do the work of the ministry. I could see the Holy Spirit coming powerfully upon him to do that work. So what did I do? I took the anointing oil, I opened it up, and I dumped it all over his head. That's exactly what I did. And it was powerful. He began to cry in the presence of the Lord. He told me after that is the most strongly I've ever felt the presence of God come upon me. Why? Because I poured oil on him? No, because the oil was a way of symbolizing what God was already doing in him. It is a symbolic thing that as the oil is poured upon him, the Holy Spirit is doing a work on the inside of the individual. So the anointing oil should not be viewed as some weird thing that people just do that religious. It's something that is actually symbolic of what is really happening inside of a person. The anointing oil. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Many of you are familiar with this passage of scripture. You know something that I'm just seeing as I'm flipping? The New Testament is so much smaller than the Old Testament. And I'm just like thinking about this. There are Christians that throw out the Old Testament. They try to. The Old Testament is the majority of the Bible. Well, I, you know, we have a, you know, in the New Testament, you know, God is just a lot different. No, he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Same God operating under a different covenant. Same God operating under, well, you know, I don't know about that, Pastor Joey. The God in the, in the Old Testament just seems to come down pretty harshly upon people. The God in the New Testament doesn't take so fondly to to things as well and is still a God of judgment because it's the same God and his judgment towards sin is still the same. His righteousness is still the same. His holy standard is still the same. What's the difference? That he came down and died for us and the wrath of God has been satisfied through Jesus Christ, our sacrifice. And there is still coming a time where the judgment of God is going to come strongly upon this earth. God is still the same God. Old Testament God's the same as the New Testament. Well, you know, I kind of see them as two different people. I think that God matured. God didn't mature or get different. He is perfect. He is infinite. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He has the same qualities. He doesn't, well, you know, I just think that, you know, God loves people more now than he did back then. No, God always loved people. It was always God's good plan to to come down and die for us on the cross. What do you mean it was always God's good plan to die for us on the cross? Genesis chapter 3 promises that the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head from the very beginning of the fall of human beings. God was already looking at a way to restore them. The love of God is still the same. God is the same God in the Old Testament and New Testament. I just don't really like to read the New Test- the Old Testament because, you know, y- you know, no, read the Old Testament. The Old Testament has things that are still applicable today. The Bible's, the word of God is clear. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so the servant of God could be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture, not just the New Testament, not just the Old Testament, all scripture. It is God-breathed and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All of it. So all that to say, read the Old Testament. Read it. It's a, it, it, you should, you should. And I will tell you, yeah, it might be a little bit harder to understand at first, but God can help you and your pastors can help you and teach you properly. Something for my MPAC students that are listening right now. 
I'm starting a, and my impact leaders. I'm starting a Bible study come springtime. Uh, on how to read the Bible. I'm going to teach you to be able to uh, handle passages of scripture because you should be able to read the Bible on your own. One thing I hate about a certain sect of Christianity, and, and actually, yeah, let me just hit this for a second too. I had a lady tell me recently that she didn't like that I, um, that I did a teaching on, on Catholicism and Protestantism because, you know, would Jesus really be happy with the different divisions in the church today? No, he wouldn't be happy with the division of the church today. But that doesn't mean that I can just accept what every other denomination teaches as the word of God. It's like, what does that even mean? Would Jesus be happy? So because Jesus wouldn't be happy with the different denominations that we have today, that means that I shouldn't address any incorrect teachings in other denominations. That's not what that means. What that means is that we need to get back to the Bible and we need to all use the Bible as the point of our reference and agreement. So when I say I don't like what a certain denomination teaches about this, it's because it's not in the Bible. That's, that's the reason. I'm a Bible guy. I'm not a denomination guy. I just believe what the Bible says. So anyway, I actually forget what I, what I was even about to say. What was I about to say, Ben? Acts 10, 38, no, I know. But I started to say something like uh, like I was going to hit on something for a second that, that, was, that was actually going to be very important and very insightful. Oh, yeah, it was, that, that's right. There we go. Um, thank God. Praise the Lord. I guess it was important because the Lord brought it back to my remembrance. There's a certain denomination that teaches that you shouldn't read the Bible on your own. You need a priest to be able to read the Bible with you. Well, I kind of just gave it away because I said priest. But you need a priest to read the Bible with you. Hmm, interesting. Interesting that, that that's what you tell people, that you need a priest to be able to read the Bible for, for you. Interesting how Paul applauded the Bereans for scanning through the scriptures for themselves and said, and applauded them and said, hey, good job, guys, going through the scriptures and checking to see what I said was true. That right there, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say this. And Wow, why would you come after different denominations like this? Isn't that disunifying? That's not the goal of what I'm doing right now. I'm teaching the Bible. I'm teaching the Bible. I'm teaching the word of God, and it's important to be addressed. It's not about coming after a certain denomination. It's about coming, coming after teachings that are not correct. Paul didn't go, wow, guys, I can't believe that you would check the scriptures on your own. That's so ridiculous. You should just trust that whatever I say is 100% correct without looking at the scriptures for yourself. Paul applauded the Bereans. You should search it. Paul even said, if me or another angel comes to you and preaches a gospel that is different than the one you have heard, let that person be accursed. You need to scan the word of God for yourself. So it's important to learn how to read the word of God for yourself. And so be encouraged by that. You can read the word of God and understand it. And, and I'm going to help you guys in that Bible study. We'll make it available on Zoom as well for those of you that want to join. Even if you're uh, somebody that just watches the podcast and you'd like to join in on that Bible study, let me know in, in the comments or something. I'll see what I could do. Acts 10.38. And you know that God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth or Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy uh, Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So what happened? The anointing came upon Jesus, 
And then what happened as a result of the anointing? That he went around doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed, or healing all that were oppressed by the devil. So what was he anointed for? He was anointed to go do a work. He was anointed to go do a work. That's what the anointing oil is about. That's what the anointing of God is about. This Holy Spirit comes in you and anoints you and comes upon you to help you go do a work. That is what the anointing oil uh, is about. The anointing oil is a mark of God's presence. The anointing oil is a mark of God's presence. Well, how do I know that? Go to Psalm chapter uh, 23, verse 5. A good friend of mine, Evangelist Wesley, said this on his broadcast the other day, and I laughed because I say it sometimes too. Uh, when you're referring to the collection of books, it's Psalms. When you're referring to the chapter, it's Psalm. It's just like a pet peeve of mine. Um, so Psalm, buddy, okay, no, just kidding. It's, 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 a, it's a meme. Maybe you picked up on it. Maybe you didn't. Psalm 23.5. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing me, my head, with oil. In this is a very famous psalm, Psalm 23. It talks about the Lord being our shepherd. And something to understand about the shepherd in the Old Testament is that the shepherd would anoint the sheep with oil. And there was two reasons why the shepherd would anoint the sheep with oil. The first reason why the sheep would be anointed with oil is that the oil on the sheep was a mark of the presence of a shepherd was the mark of a presence of the presence of a shepherd. And so the, uh, the, so the first reason why he anoints our head with oil is to mark us with his presence. The second reason why a shepherd would anoint a sheep with oil is because what it would do is it would keep flies from flying up the sheep's nose and laying eggs in the sheep's brain, which would thereby cause the sheep to ram their head into a wall repeatedly until they killed themselves or drove themselves insane. So it was actually a mark of the shepherd's protection as well. And so the shepherd would pour oil on them so that the flies would not be able to fly up their nose and lay the eggs. In the same way, the anointing oil is a mark of God's presence and a mark of God's protection upon our lives. That is the anointing of, uh, with oil. The anointing with oil. So what are some times that we can anoint people with oil? What are some times that we can anoint people with oil? First, empowerment or marking for the work of the ministry. Empowering or marking for the work of the ministry. We talked about this with uh, David, for example, um, where he was anointed with oil. The next place is uh, James chapter 4 or 5. James 5, I believe. I'll turn there just to give you guys the, the right reference. I like these pages, Ben. It turns nicely. James chapter 5. It's 5. Yeah, it is. It's 5. James 5, was it 17? No. 14. Talks about when people are sick to anoint them with oil. So another time to anoint people with oil is when you're praying for the sick. Why? Because the because it is a sign of God's presence coming upon an individual. It symbolizes the presence of the Lord. The oil symbolizes the presence of God coming and doing a work in a person. 
The last reason is the marking of the Holy Spirit on somebody, the marking of the Holy Spirit upon somebody. Again, we, we talked about that already as well. So those are three times where people can be anointed with oil. Um, do I want to hit on this? Sometimes in life we need a fresh oil. Go to Psalm 92. I'm going to end here. Psalm 92. Verse 10. But you, uh, but you have made me as strong as a wild ox. Wow. An ox. You are as strong as a wild ox. Amen. No, I'm just, I, 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 I'm just kind of messing around. But uh, that's not really even the point of what I was going to read. I was going to read the next scripture. I just looked at it and I thought that it would be fun to read that. You ever read something in the Bible and you're just like, wow, I'm an ox. Like, I'm like, or like, or like, you know, you're, you're as bold as a lion. It's like roar. Like, you know, you know, uh, last night evangelist Preston Shuttlesworth was here speaking with us and you started talking about having that dog in you. And you were like, and like, you were like, yeah, it was like back in the day, the colloquialisms for having that dog in you was like, you're as strong as a wild ox. It's like, amen. Like, yeah, I'm as strong as one of those things. Yeah. Give me that. Um, But uh, then the Bible says, you have anointed me with the finest oil. You have anointed me with the finest oil. Sometimes we need a fresh oil in our lives. I want to read it to you from a different translation. Psalm 92. Took. Um, Verse 10. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. The ESV says it like this, and I believe more accurately. You have poured over me fresh oil. You have poured over me fresh oil. Sometimes we need a fresh oil. We need a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit on our lives uh, to help us keep going and keep doing what God has called us to do. We need a fresh filling, a fresh touch from the oil of God. Um, and, And it's necessary sometimes to to just keep us going in life. Um, yeah. In Acts chapter four, verse 23 through 31, they see a fresh, uh, a fresh touch takes place there too, where they were already baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they sought the Lord uh, for boldness and the Holy Spirit came and filled the room again. Sometimes we, we need a fresh oil and a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. And so, so that, that's another time that I have anointed people with oil is when they just need a fresh touch from, from the, a fr- from a fresh oil from God. And so what, what, uh, what, what I, what I would even, uh, encourage you guys to do, if you need a fresh oil in your life, you can anoint yourself with oil. You can literally, what I do when I anoint people with oil, depending on, I, depending on how I feel led, sometimes I'll like dump the whole thing on them. One time I did that to a kid because I just really felt the Lord telling me to do it. So I just dumped it over on their head. Uh, and they were like, and then afterwards they were like, that was so powerful, but my eyes burned so bad from the oil. It was hysterical, but, um, great, but hysterical. Uh, but what, uh, you could do is you can literally just take a little bit in your head and you can just put it right on your forehead. You just put, put a little oil on your forehead and you can just pray that you would have a fresh oil from the Holy Spirit come upon you. Um, but it is biblical. The anointing oil is biblical. 
Uh, it is founded in the, in the scriptures, and that's the most important thing. But um, amen. That's what I have for you guys today. I hope that this blessed you. I'm going to just pray for those of you that are watching right now that perhaps you do need a fresh oil in your life. You do need something that will help you keep going right now, and uh, you need the encouragement of God. So I'm going to give that to you right now. Let me just pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for everybody watching this. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your fresh oil to keep them going with the purpose that you would call them to will come upon them now, that, Father, they would feel your power on them, Lord, to keep running where they need to run. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope that this teaching blessed you guys. And uh, if you're seeing this tomorrow during the day, and it's, what is it, January... um, 25th right now, and you're seeing this on January 26th, get your rear end to impact tonight for the winter revival. I have a game. I can't make it. This will be better than the game because it will spiritually impact your life. You know something I've noticed about God? God touches people in an extra way that sacrifice for him. God touches people in an extra way that sacrifice what uh, uh, things for him. Um, you, you see, you see this all throughout the Bible when people sacrifice something that is meaningful to them. God, I'm going to skip basketball practice tonight, which is very important to me because you are more important to me and you come to a service. Don't get, do not be mistaken. You will be touched with the power of God. If you come to a service and you skip something that is meaningful to you. I I've heard stories about people that have come to youth. You know, I I wasn't going to come tonight. I I just didn't really feel like it. I was tired. I wanted to relax. Um, there was a kid that came a couple weeks ago during prayer and fasting and they came and they said, I, I, afterwards, they said, I didn't want to come tonight, but I'm so happy that I did. Because, and their life was touched, the power of God hit them, and now they're following the call of God to go into the ministry. Praise God. You never know what will happen. Sacrifice. Sacrifice to be in the house of God. Sacrifice. Well, I just have a lot of schoolwork to do. Do it Saturday. Do it another time. I promise you, A's, having straight A's in school will not fulfill the desire that you think it will. Will not be enough for you. Striving people, some people throw their themselves into different things. They throw themselves into their school. They throw themselves into their, uh, to, you know, their sports. They throw themselves into this. And then at the end of the line, some point it's not enough for them anymore. Why? Because they're still missing the fire of God on the inside of them. That is actually going to encourage them and keep them going in life. It, it is impossible to go through life and feel a live a fulfilled and satisfied life without the power and presence of God in your life because you're missing the thing that you need most. Get in the house of God. Get in the house of God. Make an arrangement with your coach. If you miss one impact or one church service every once in a blue moon because you have a big game or something like that, then, you know, that's between you and your parents and stuff. Like, what, like whatever. But... Make it a priority to be here. Make it a priority that even during sports seasons, you're going to be here. There's always a reason not to be in church. But when you've determined in your heart that your heart is fully committed to the Lord, it won't make a difference of what's going on. You'll be in the house of God. Amen. All right. Well, I hope to see you guys tonight if you're watching this on January 26th or at the next impact or church service, depending on when you're watching this. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. 
If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.